Hello, Tracy here. I am going to talk today about the concept of the ego. One of the most misunderstood concepts of all. And the ego makes it misunderstood because to truly understand it would threaten the ego. And the ego sets up limitations in our minds to make sure that we are not threatening it. I've noticed that there's a lot of people who like to, when the ego is mentioned, well, certainly there's people who misunderstand and think that ego just means having a big head or being arrogant. And it does have an aspect of that, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but that's not really the core of what the ego is. The ego is essentially, I think if I were to boil it down to the best of my understanding, you could say that the ego is the part of us that defends the ideas of limitation and separateness. So that seems in contradiction to the idea that it is arrogant if it is defending limitations but the reason why that is why it is its defense of limitations is the very thing that makes it arrogant is because the ego is afraid of allowing us to understand or comprehend our inner connection with everyone everyone and everything else in the whole created universe it is very threatened by that and so because it develops an argument to justify the idea that we are not connected outside of our own skins but we are um, we are essentially alone and disconnected from everything else because of that belief and anything that is accomplished the ego has to believe we have done it entirely alone we've done it on our own by our own efforts and merits and that is the essence of the arrogant aspect of it so the ego is something that we don't need to defend its right to be sometimes so there's the folks that have the one side of it that think of it as arrogance and then there are the folks on the other side who have done some spiritual work and at some point someone dismissed the ego as being something that needed to be eradicated which it doesn't by the way it's not necessary to eradicate it but then they later received other other teachings that the ego doesn't need to be eradicated. So if you talk about the ego, some people will jump in very quickly. Oh, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with the ego. We don't have to get rid of the ego. And yeah, that's true. But we are not, we don't need to defend the ego. The ego will defend itself. <laughs> the ego will stand up for its own right to exist far more than it needs to. And so, yes, the ego exists, and the ego is an aspect of consciousness. I don't know that, it, you know, as I said, I don't believe it's necessary to eradicate it, and it may not even be possible to completely eradicate it, 
while we're in time and space. But outside of time and space, there, there would be no need for an ego because outside of time and space, when we're in the midst of the wholeness of the universe, the concept of limitations and separateness would be instantaneously irrelevant. It's been said that the ego makes a horrible master, but an excellent servant. And in the aspect of it being a horrible master, it is when we identify with our ego, when we think that we are our ego and that spirit or a connection is something secondary or external or something that we have to go seeking for, then we've made it our master. We've made our sense of separateness and limitation, made that our truth. We believe it to be true. And then we make the ideas of limitlessness and connection these distant abstractions. That's what the ego defends us against. It defends us against the idea of connection, which is the fundamental truth. Now, am I firsthand experiencing that? No, I'm not suggesting that I am. I think it's possible for all of us to, and I think it's what we strive to do when we begin our journey to wholeness. We begin to try to find our way to a sense of wholeness again. I'm reading or listening, audiobook listening to um, A Course in Miracles, and it's been really helpful to me to kind of get some, I wouldn't say just some, some fresh takes on some of these ideas because it's much more profoundly explained than I've run across, or at least in, it's more profound in a way that I can begin to understand a little bit. So while I, it makes perfect sense to me and I have a, I have a sensation of the interconnection of all things, I wouldn't say that I have a knowing of it in the sense of a full embodiment, as it were, of of that. I don't. I have. I haven't. Uh, I've had glimpses, in, in intimations of immortality, as Wordsworth says, and I. But I'm not in a constant state of holding that. Um, in the course of in a course of miracles, it su- suggests that no one constantly has it. And I would say there's lots of people who have it way more constantly than I do. (laughs) But it makes sense to me. It just makes sense that we are part of one interwoven everything. And that our perception of separation is the illusion. The connection is not the illusion. This idea of separation is the illusion. But since the ego defines itself based on, in many ways, what it is not, it's like the ego tells us, oh, well, you're not like that guy, and you're better than this, and you're not as good as that. It's the ego dances in comparison. That's, that's its 
that's its dance floor. And so to acknowledge that we are part of everything, even the things that our egos don't like, um, is, is completely frightening. It's like, it, it feels like, well, if I acknowledge that I'm part of everything, even the things that my ego doesn't like, am I endorsing those things as being okay? And I would say what's most important is that you don't have to, you have the ability to choose what part of creation you want to manifest, what part of of, of life that you want to manifest in, and you yourself by not, by choosing not to participate in destructive behavior, you add to the, the beauty of, you add to um, the potential for all of the beings to have more space for the creative and constructive uh, co-creation with the divine. Whereas, so it's so it's not that you're endorsing it, or it doesn't mean you're going to participate in what you perceive as being destructive, or chaotic, or um, against the direction of wholeness. Because really, I think what we call evil in the world, it's the destructive impulse against wholeness. Because what evil? What is what evil is there that isn't based on? a sense of separateness and limitation. Every evil is based on the sense that I'm not connected to something else, therefore what I do to it is not relevant. Whereas if one realizes that they are all one mind, one cell of the mind doesn't want to destroy another cell of the mind. Whereas if I believe that I am separate, then I can be destructive. So, and you can't judge people into being better people. If it, if it were to judge people into becoming more um, positive, then the world would be the most positive place already because people are judging all the time. <laughs> it's people's favorite thing. And, and so if judging people and condemning them made them better people or made the world a better place, the world would already be perfect. So it very well may be that judging and condemning aren't as helpful as, as we've assumed they would be. So I mentioned how the ego makes a horrible master. And so the idea that it be, that it is a, a, a wonderful servant, I'm not sure exactly what that means to be honest. That's something I need to still figure out. But one thing I've thought in the past about the ego, which is sort of relevant to that, I just think that right now I'm in the middle of understanding some things differently and so everything's in a state of flux but but the way I've addressed that issue of it being um, an excellent servant in the past is that the ego has 
Oh my gosh, so now as I'm about to tell you what I've said about the ego in the past and I don't think it's necessarily exactly what I believe anymore, but, but let, me, let me go ahead and say what I've said about the ego in the past, which is that the ego uh, is the part of us that keeps us from running out into traffic. That's what I've, that's what I've said, that the ego is the act, aspect of us that keeps our bodies safe. And, and allows us to continue in the world and make it on time to appointments and things like that. So it is, it's kind of, so if you think of it as a servant in that way, it's kind of, it's your personal assistant that prevents you from <laughs> missing appointments or being completely unfiltered when it's not helpful to be unfiltered and, <laughs> you know, and reminds you to eat lunch and things like that so and that that may be I think that is probably an aspect of what the ego is really but the reason why I'm challenged by that idea right now is that I'm wondering if that's just an aspect of what the ego the the argument that the ego may, makes in favor of its own existence Basically, the ego says, no, without me, you wouldn't be able to da 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 um, And I don't know if that's true or not. And I will probably never know because eradication of the ego in time and space, complete eradication of it, isn't a thing. Um, so I think in order to test that hypothesis, one would have to have absolutely no ego and see how, how that goes. <laughs> so I'm not really sure. I'd be, I would love to, um, actually, if you want to, um, go to, um, Anchor and leave me a voice message and give me your take on that. I'd love, love to hear an audience person. Any of my friends or uh, listeners that might be ha might have a take on that, I'd be interested to hear what you have to say. Because I don't quite know. I I used to have a more solid narrative about that, but it's in flux <laughs> right now. And so so the so the ego is a tool for sure in time and space and it is a teaching tool but perhaps its purpose is to teach us of its own irrelevance or we have it as as a a tool so that we can learn of its inconsequence inconsequence is that a word <laughs> So, the, so it has been said that love and fear are cannot coexist. And um, A Course in Miracles definitely reinforces that. And it's something that I've been talking about or understanding, trying to understand for many years. So within that, the, the ego's job is fear, basically. The, the ego... And since the whole of the universe or the God consciousness, the, the God consciousness is without fear. And, the, and then that means that 
the ego isn't God created, but rather man created, human, human being created. And so the tool aspect or the way that it becomes a tool is that it has, if we distance ourselves enough from the ego in order to see it, sort of put it at arm's length, um, and see it as not identify with it as who we are, but merely as an aspect of our consciousness, then we can take a look at it and see the ways in which it is the argument in favor of fear. And then we can more objectively decide and choose how much we want to invest in that fear. And ideally, even in this lifetime, in time and space, it is, it is I think, possible to, to deny the fear or to be free of fear much, 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 much more than we are. I think as long as we're in time and space and then subject to well, having, being influenced by the ego, um, being completely fear, free of fear would be challenging. I don't think impossible. I haven't accomplished it, but, but I think maybe some great mystics may have even in the context of time and space. I don't know for sure. But so the tool aspect or the functional aspect of the ego in, in the grandest sense may be that it shows us, it gives us an opportunity to see the results of fear so that we can make a better decision about our fear and about whether or not fear is actually useful to us. Because the reason we continue to maintain fear is because we believe it is useful. And the ego continues to convince us that it is. That without me, says the ego, you, you would die. But in fact, because we are universally eternal, we, we, the truth of what we are does not die the ego aspect of us will die with our bodies, but we don't, we won't need the ego beyond the time, beyond time and space. So that's what's going on in my head right now. And I would say that, as I said, I am stepping into a, more somewhat expanded understanding of some ideas that I've been trying to learn about for a long time and so that means I'm likely not articulating things as well as maybe I will someday because <laughs> I'm right in the middle of this right now so right in the middle of this reevaluation of some ideas that I've explored for a long time. So that's, I think, all I have for this particular topic today at this moment about the ego. And I'm grateful 
to you for listening and I will be back with more later and I'm grateful just to have this opportunity and I'm again I'm Tracy Rowe I my website is greatermindintegration.com if you want to leave me a voice message on my anchor um, podcast this podcast um, I would be thrilled to be in a dialogue with you or if you have any questions about anything I've said or any other kind of topic I'll see what I can do about trying to add to the conversation thank you and see you later bye-bye